This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Manning takes the knee and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots. 17-14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Kind of back on the fan. Let's reset a little bit here now as we turn to Wednesday morning. We're watching the Mets live as they lose, or they're losing 3 0 to the Dodgers. And Los Angeles Kershaw is dealing Yankees lost at home to the Angels. The Yankees are, I mean, they, man, it, it seems like it is the same thing every year. They go through these, it's not even a rut. Like the Yankees have not lost a series yet this year. But still, when they lose these games, the offense just looks so lifeless. Yankees played a bad game. Couple of errors. They only had four hits. On well, the night, a bunch of walks, leaving eight guys on base. But look at their lineup. It's not Yankee like. IKF getting a nod in center field. I mean, come on. Peraza gets called up. He's playing second base. You get two young kids with Volpe at short, Peraza at second. I know there was much hype about them, but there's going to be, you know, the learning curve with them. You're seeing that with Volpe here. Hicks is in the outfield. Uh, you know, you get Hicks in left, IKF in center. That's a brutal outfield. Well, Judge, obviously, he's got to carry the load with no John Carl Stanton. No Bader, no Stanton. Donaldson is still out. And then, you know, Boone talked about when they could get him back, but he had some more tightness. So it doesn't sound like that's going to be anytime soon. No Rodon, so you get Clark Schmidt pitching. No Sevy to boot. I mean, the Yankees right now, it's a miracle that the Yankees are 10-7, and seven, as a matter of fact, with all the injuries that they've had to deal with. But it's frustrating, especially at home, when their offense doesn't get the job done because the Yankees have the reputation of just mashing and scoring a ton of runs. Anyway, so that's the issue with the Yankees, or those are the issues for the Yankees as they look to keep their series win streak or non-losing series streak on the line. And they're going to have to get uh, some wins here against the Angels over the next couple of days. It's not going to be easy. Otani seems to love playing in the Bronx. Another couple of uh, ribbies for him on a two-run shot. Uh, Otani just uh, right out of the gate getting the Yankees uh, or putting the Yankees in a hole. And he is fun to watch, Otani. Love to watch him on the East Coast, whether it be with the Mets or Yankees 
next year on a consistent basis. Anyway, the Angels aren't very good, uh, although out to a 9-8 start this year, not terrible. You can't, look, the Angels aren't a very good club. But anyway, Yankees are just ravaged by injury. That's the point. Mets mounting a little bit of a rally here with two outs in the bottom, or excuse me, two outs in the top of the seventh. Two on for Tommy Pham as they trail by three. But the big stories of the night. The Rangers and the Knicks playing in a playoff series together for the first time, or playoff series together for the first time in 10 years. Knicks coming off of a game one impressive win in Cleveland. They got blown out, and it was really a non-competitive game to where, you know, early on in the game where the game was tight, R.J. Barrett was a big problem. As he was in game one, they need to get his rear end off the floor. He just cannot shoot. It is infuriating to watch. He continues to chuck shots. He doesn't even chuck shots up. He just is a bad shooter. Matter of fact, he might be the worst shooter that I have ever seen for a small forward slash guard. RJ, you know, I'm not comparing him to Mitchell Robinson, let's say, or any big men along the way. RJ Barrett may be the worst shooter I have ever seen. He was a problem in game one. It was even worse in game two when the game was still a game in the first half, first quarter, early second quarter. Clayton Kershaw pumped up. He strikes out Tommy Pham. So we head to the bottom of the seventh. Still 3 nothing Dodgers. Anyway, back to the Knicks. So R.J. Barrett has been a big issue. Shooting in general has been an issue for the Knicks with a three-point shot. Again, last night it wasn't there, but they didn't do anything well. They don't respect the possessions enough. Turning the ball over. Sloppy play. Emmanuel quickly hasn't done much. Quentin Grimes has not done much. I mean, we know he's there for you know defensive purposes. He's a great defender, but he's got to score. They need some kind of next-level scoring from either Grimes or RJ or quickly. If they're not getting that, it's going to be tough to win. Knicks were fortunate to get out of there with a split, winning game one. But, I mean, they've just got rocked. By the way, even worse than just R.J. Barrett struggling and the Knicks struggling overall, but R.J. Barrett in particular, is that the guy who was drafted two picks behind him, we said it at the time in 2019, before the draft, the Knicks can't just take chalk and go R.J. Barrett three. Zion, Ja, R.J. No. Think. There's a diamond in the rough. You have to find it. They did not. The Cavaliers did with Darius Garland. And Garland's going to be a problem. You know, Mitchell is going to be looking to perform at a high level at the world's most famous. Right He's from here, local kid, you know the, the history with him and the Knicks. Knicks trying to get him. He's going to be looking to light the garden up come Friday night for game three. And with Garland going the way that he did in game two, you know, the Cavs defensively able to stifle the Knicks. It's going to be a tough series. After watching game one, I was thinking, man, the Knicks are just better. They're flat out better than this team. After watching game two, I was thinking, uh-oh, why did I buy tickets to game four? Remember, though, even with all the negativity that comes from game two, and there was a lot of it getting blown out, and we mentioned it with RJ and everything else, that was just awful for the Knicks. They did what they had to do. You've got to just take one. They did that. They have home court. Now it is their job to protect home court. That is how you win series in the NBA, especially. And the Knicks had that opportunity. Was, it was going to be a raucous crowd for game three on Friday night and then again Sunday, game four. And they got to take advantage of it. I do think their players, 
Quickly is a guy who should be able to feed off of that crowd energy. He's been terrible so far in the postseason. You you look at Quickly, maybe Grimes gets going. Maybe even RJ. Who knows? RJ's just got to attack the rim. He's got to stop shooting. That's part of the problem with him. But anyway, the Knicks, as the series now will shift to the world's most famous, Knicks will look to make sure they protect home court and try to win their first postseason series in quite some time. Where you know it, it's been, they've won one first round series, one playoff series in the last twenty one seasons. Time to end that. Got to get back to their winning ways and just watch this one. Forget this one. It happens. It happens to the best of teams in postseason series, especially on the road. You had to think the Cavs are going to come out and give everything they had. They had to do it. I mean, this was a must have game for the Cavs, and it was a combination of two things. The Knicks played even worse than they did, or way worse than they did in Game One, and the Cavaliers played much better in Game 2 than they did in the first game. The good news on the night, the New York Rangers putting together a performance that looked like a team that is on a mission to go out there and win the Stanley Cup. That was a tremendous effort from the Rangers from start to finish. A dominant effort. How often during the Rangers' postseason runs have they made things look easy? Not that it was easy against the Devils. who we were going to be a very tough team here. But a young team, inexperienced team, Rangers may be relying on their postseason success a year ago to help them, you know, remember too, get motivated after what happened, losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Lightning, motivated to get back to that spot. It is a little bit of a different team too, adding Tarasenko, adding Kane, having the veteran playoff players who were successful in the postseason in their careers, that is going to help. Rangers have everything. They are a team that was built to go into Stanley Cup. They are a team that is loaded up. And it showed in game one of this postseason series where they were in control from the start. Igor Shesterkin, dominant. The special teams, whether it's Goudreau and the penalty kill, whether it is the power play and Chris Kreider, Mika and Panarin, Fox doing his thing. The Rangers with a near-perfect game, really, for them. Outside of the Jack Hughes penalty shot, scoring on Igor, and it would have been nice to have Igor get that shutout. Outside of that, I mean, Devils fans didn't have anything to cheer for. That was it. It was all Rangers. All night, they were in control right from the start. And the crowd was pretty loud, too, for the Rangers fans. You could hear the whistle, the Poppin' Sucks whistle, loud and clear. Rangers get game one on the road. Game two will be Thursday night. But if you look at what took place in that game one, you're looking at a team. You saw a type of performance that that was an eye-opener. For anybody who doubted, and I know Ranger fans are going to be, it, it's it, it's natural to be a little nervous about a series going up against a hated rival like the Devils. I was not. I just believe that the Rangers are better than the Devils, and it's the Rangers' time, and we'll see how the series plays out for at least one night. That proved to be the case. But I understand the nervous feeling going in. However, if you look at this team, it's different. This is the best Rangers team that we've seen in a very long time. They're deep. You know about the top six forwards. You know about the defensive pairings that they have. You know about Chesterkin, the special teams, the coach, all of it, the grinders. This is a different team, and you saw in game one a team that looked like 
a team that could win the Stanley Cup. One game, I get it. But on the road against that team, a team that had their number in the regular season, a team that was better than them as far as points go in the regular season, finishing with the second spot, Rangers were third. Yeah, a team that had home ice, all was in favor of the Devils going to that one. And the Rangers, in atypical Ranger fashion, give you a playoff game where you could just enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Don't even have to sweat that one out. A dominant performance from the Blue Shirts. How great is it that we get to watch all five of these winner teams here in this town? You know, I was thinking about this driving in today. I don't know if it's better or worse for us that we have all these teams. A part of me says, oh, it's great. You know, if one team's bad, then we have another. Let's say the Yankees are always good, or the Mets are always bad, and then the Yankees are always good. For a long time, that was the case. Uh, You know, maybe the Nets are up and the Knicks are down, or the Islanders are up and the Rangers are down, or the Rangers are up and the Islanders are down. But if you had all the focus on just one team like they have in Philly or Boston, you know, it could be we'd be talking about just the four teams passionately each and every day as opposed to the, you know, endless teams it seems here with the multiple teams and all the sports. But anyway, it's nice to have all five winter teams in the postseason. Gives us something every single night. Islanders look to get back to, you know, or even that series with Carolina in game two. You got the Nets trying to get on the board when they return home in game three. There's a lot going on here in the world of New York sports. Not to mention the Mets and the Yankees. We talked about the Yankees with their loss at the stadium tonight to the Angels. And the Mets right now losing 3 nothing. Looks like they're not going to be able to come back in this one against the Dodgers as we're in the bottom of the seventh right now, L.A., uh, with that 3 nothing lead. And look, it's just one of those nights. Tyler McGill didn't have it. J.D. Martinez got the best of him. Mets going through some issues as well right now on their own. Their record is okay. And one winners of five straight at 11-6 uh, and six now on the year. But, I mean, Carlos Carrasco had to be placed on the IL. Mets have already dipped into their farm system quite a bit for a team that has played 17 games. I mean, it hasn't even been three weeks of a season yet, and they're going to the well. They got guys pitching that, come on now, don't belong in the big leagues. Like Reyes right now is on the mound. Anyway, 877-337-6666. We'll take your calls on whatever's on your mind on this now Wednesday morning Rangers with a big win. Knicks with a brutal performance and a loss. R.J. Barrett isn't even an NBA player. He doesn't belong in the league, if you ask me. Knicks lose. Rangers win. Yankees lose. Mets are losing. All in all, it seems like outside, you know, Devils obviously lose to the Rangers. A lost night outside of the blue shirts. If you had to ask me which one I wanted the most of all the New York teams, that would be the one, though. Rangers had to win this game. Knicks could afford to lose because they went up one game to none, so now they're even coming back home for game three Friday night. Rangers had to win this one. Mets, Yankees, it's, you know, regular season baseball. That was the one we had to get, and we got it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Mets down 3 nothing. top eight. The Yankees lose to the Angels. Knicks lose, getting embarrassed by the Cavs. And the Rangers beat the Devils at the Rock. They still call it the Rock, please? Yeah, it is the Rock. Okay, the Prudential Center, the Rock, whatever. Just make sure. I always stick to these old names of whatever these stadiums are. I can't catch up uh, to the new stuff, but... Uh, either way, all in all, a lost night outside of the Rangers getting a victory. You know, I was doing the, well, maybe I should save this one, the Met game ends. Um, but I was going to talk about the uh, the Shohei Otani stuff because Otani in town, of course, and everybody compares Otani to Aaron Judge and who's the best player and all that. And Otani hitting a two-run homer in his first at-bat at Yankee Stadium. He has killed the Yankees at the stadium since he's been in the league. But the conversation came up. Earlier on Baseball Night in New York, where we were just talking about, it was kind of in passing about Otani. I think, as a matter of fact, at the end of the show, I just asked Andy Martino the question, where do you think Otani is going to play his home games next year? Is it going to be in New York on the East Coast or in Los Angeles? Now, obviously, there is an option in New York to be either with the Yankees or the Mets. And in Los Angeles, it could be back with the Angels, which is unlikely, or... With the Dodgers, which seems very likely at this point. My thinking, if you've listened to me, my thinking all along on this has been that I don't know where Otani is going to go, but I do know this. Steve Cohen will have the best offer. He will not be outbid for Otani. Now, that is not me knowing anything. It's my opinion, but I'm using common sense with it. How is Steve Cohen going to be outbid for Shohei Otani, I just don't see it. Andy Martino, who actually does know some things and talks to sources and all this stuff, he seems to think that it is very possible that the Dodgers outbid Steve Cohen. Now, let me just refresh and say it again. The Mets may not end up with Otani, but I would be stunned if they are not the highest bidder. You know, maybe the Yankees end up with him. Maybe Otani does want to come to the East Coast, but he wants to play in the pinstripes instead of playing for Steve Cohen of the Mets. Who knows? That could be the case, too. 
But I don't think that the Yankees or the Dodgers or anybody else is going to have a higher bid, a higher offer than Steve Cohen. I'd be floored if that was the case. Remember, this is the one thing Steve Cohen can control. He can't control wins and losses. He could put players together, but he can't control the wins and losses. He can, however, control how much he offers Shohei Otani. 877-337-6666. Sam is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Sam? Hey, Sam, you there? Uh, I guess Sam is not there. Nikki is calling from Spring Valley. What's up, Nikki? I'm good. How you doing? How are you, Nikki? I'm good. I just wanted to know, what do you think about Anthony Volpe, if he's going to be good? I do think he's going to be good. I mean, the problem is, Nick, you have a slow start for a guy with all the hype in the world. He just looks like a ball player to me. I mean, you watch him, even when he's not doing anything as far as impacting with the bat, He's still doing stuff. He's he's drawing walks. He's getting on base. He's stealing base. He's playing good defense. There there are a lot of things that I love about Anthony Volpe, and I do think it's just a matter of time before he starts to hit. Yeah, here, I guess he's just like the opposite of Judge. What do you mean? Like, by Judge, he gets like a good start, and then he wins like a slump, and now he's doing insane. I guess by Anthony, he's going to... Start off pretty good. Well, Judge, when did Judge slump exactly? No, I'm saying right after his rookie year. Oh, his rookie year. Yeah, well, look, a lot of guys. See, you could also look at him and see that he, that Volpe, he's not overmatched. Like, he may not be hitting for a good average. He's not overmatched. Simple as that. You watch other guys that come up right away, and you could look at him and say, "Eh, you know what, Clint Frazier or whatever, where at times he looked overmatched or. I don't know. Pick a guy. Yeah, Francisco Alvarez right now looks overmatched for the Mets. Volpe looks like he belongs. He looks great to me. Just the results have not been there offensively. They're going to put him in the leadoff spot now, I would think, with Stanton out, moving LeMayhew down to you know uh, in the order and more of the meat of the order, try to lengthen that lineup out a little bit. So maybe Volpe gets better pitches to hit. But I do think he's going to be just fine. I like Anthony Volpe as a player. I hear things. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you for taking the time to make the call, Nikki. It's one of those things where, man, I'm trying to think of some of the guys that you know that come to mind. Uh, Ahmed Rosario's one. Ahmed Rosario and Dom Smith when they first came up looked completely overmatched. You know, and Duar's a guy who kind of hit right away. Um, even Clint Frazier when he first came up, he did have that bat speed. I don't know if I would say Nimmo looked overmatched right away. He looked awful in the outfield. How the hell has Brandon Nemo become that good a defensive player? Trying to think of some Yankees fleas that have looked overmatched when they first came up. Usually the Yankees don't have that problem because they'll have guys that are more major league ready. They may not pan out. Like Gary Sanchez comes up. He looks like Babe Right, the Yankees guys, went, especially this most recent wave, went the opposite where they all, for the most part, looked good. Maybe not Floreal, but Sanchez, Frazier, Glaber, all these guys looked great Greg when they Bird. first came up. And then some of them, most of them, faded. Right. Sanchez fall off the face of the earth. Glaber, you know, faded, but he's still got, obviously, some potential there. Frazier is not a major leaguer. I mean, you got a lot of, you know, a lot of disappointment there. And a guy like Beatty, you see him come up for the Mets, he looks like he belongs. To me, that's similar to Volpe, whether the results are there or not. Now, the Yankees have given him another vote of confidence because he's got to be doubting himself a little bit. That's the thing that you worry about, where if you don't have success right away, then you start to doubt yourself a little bit, then you could really have it snowball 
or going to a, a tailspin. I don't think that's the case with Volpe. I think he'll be better atop the order, especially for the Yankees. He'll be an impact bat at some point. But they need him to do it now because they're so hurt. Stanton, Donaldson, Bader, three starters for the Yankees. No, not to mention they come into the year really without a, a left fielder. I know they, they said they wanted to move Judge there because Stanton and Wright, but really Stanton should be their DH. You know, now they got Peraza up here. The, the Yankees should never be in a spot. The New York Yankees as an organization, as a franchise, should never be in a spot where IKF is a starting center fielder. I mean, that is an embarrassment. 877-337-6666. Stewart is calling from Brooklyn, New York. What's up, Stewart? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Stewart? Uh, so I want to talk about the uh, terms with the, uh, with the Rangers. You no, know, Sal, you were talking about that magic year of uh, 1994. And, and but believe it or not, I, I still have my audio tapes of the Rangers of the entire playoffs from that 94 year. When the Rangers used to be on this station. What'd you do? You 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 use a tape recorder and we're taping the games? Yeah, yeah I recorded everything. Oh, I think that's illegal. Oh, yeah, I recorded but, but they used it. <laughs> no, <to> the store. <laughs> don't it, it, tell it any, just don't tell anybody, Stuart. I won't tell anybody if you don't. Now what did you do? You but, said there were a tape re- how you put the tape in, you record the you record the whole game, the two and a half hours or whatever it is? Yeah, that that's the kind of fanatic I am. Yeah, and you go back kind of range- but did you watch the games or you listen to them on the radio? Oh, watch it and listen. Hmm, interesting. How often, since you've recorded them many years ago, have you gone back and listened to them? Oh, yes, I have. Yes. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. What about watching that, them? Do you go back and watch them? Yeah, that's that's the kind of hockey nut I am. <laughs> but well, uh, so, what about the current stuff? When do you do you in the off season? You just go back and watch tapes from '94 and listen to tapes from '94. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. I, 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 I still have it, but, but just what a dominating, sweet, sweet win by by this by this Ranger team. Just, mm. what, what a statement! A, a plus six for, for the kid line. I mean, the, yeah, the kid line the, has been impacted. Look, they got a, a nice balance. The kid line, the fourth line is going to grind it out. Their top six can be lethal. Uh, they have ex- veteran experience, playoff experience. There isn't anything they don't have, Stewart. They have the great goalie. <laughs> Yeah, it's just excellent special special teams. The, the goaltending, a dominating defense that killed five double power plays. Uh, they they neutralized. Didn't uh, even get a Jackson. shot on goal. How about that? Yeah, it it, it it was just awesome. They they neutralized Jack Hughes. I believe he had only uh, one one uh, one uh, offensive zone entry. And mm. well, Hughes had I, the penalty I, shot for a goal. He beat Chesterk, and that that was the only blemish on an otherwise perfect night. For the Rangers, just that penalty shot, and Trouba had to take the penalty because Hughes was about to break. You know, it was it was breaking away, and we love the matchup. Um, you know, you get Hughes going up against Shesterkin one on one. That's where Hughes was better than Shesterkin. Devils beat the Rangers in that aspect for their only goal of the game. But outside of that, it was a near perfect night for the Rangers. Yeah, and I just love the defense. And, and uh, Sal, in the last nineteen games, they didn't allow more than, than more they didn't allow more than than three goals. I I believe that's the only they only allowed three goals like nine times. And, and Sal, I I hmm. have the Rangers winning it in five. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I, I I'm with you, Stuart. I would not be surprised when I did my predictions for Superbook Sports. And thank you for the call. When I did my predictions for Superbook Sports, I went the safe route, which is always the wrong way to go. 
I took the Rangers for the game last night, Rangers for the series, Rangers to win the Stanley Cup, and the Rangers to win the series in exact games in six. But I was thinking I was going to do five and six. But the problem is if you bet both, you're guaranteed to lose one. So a lot of people don't like doing it, so I wasn't going to suggest that. But the odds for five pay out much better. And I could see a scenario even before this series started. Could have seen a scenario where the Rangers could end it in five. And now after watching game one, you know, it becomes a realistic possibility. Had the Rangers lost game one, then you think, well, they're not going to win four straight. And they still might not be able to handle the Devils in five. But I don't think it's going seven. Put it that way. I think it's more likely to go five than it is seven. But these series, I mean, they look one way after one game. Look at the Knicks series. Looked like the Knicks were going to you know, dominate the Cavs, maybe. You knew the Cavs would give their best shot, but you could start to make some cases that the Knicks could win game two and then come up at you know up 2-0 at home for game three. It was not meant to be. The Cavaliers showed you why they were the better team than the Knicks. They were terrific in that game last night, and the Knicks did nothing. But it just goes to show you how one game can change the the look and the feel of the series. You you go up one nothing, you're winning the series. It's going to be five games. It's going to be easy. You lose game two. It's uh oh. Here we go. We're not going to make the post. We're not going to uh, make the next round. Now we're going to be eliminated. So there's a lot that uh, you know goes into these series. You don't want to go too high or too low. And for us, and I forget where I was. Somebody I was listening to this something the other day. Maybe this was somebody one of the broadcasts. Uh, it was Mike Breen, I think, on the broadcast during Game 1. was talking about how it's very important for the coaches to get it through to the players and the players to understand, and this is why experience in the postseason comes into play, where you don't want to have those big momentum swings or feels one way or another. You don't want to get too high after a Game 1 win. You don't want to get too low after a Game 2 loss. We tend to overreact. It's human nature. And you tend to overreact to a big win. You win, you're going to the Stanley Cup. You lose, you're going to be out. You win, NBA Finals, here we come. You lose, and now all of a sudden, they look awful. Did Fleeks was telling me, I didn't see this. You know, Speaking of you win one game and people talking about the Stanley Cup, uh, the uh, NBA Finals. What did BT say exactly, Fleeks? He said that the Knicks were going to go to the... NBA Finals, I mean, you talk about, do, do you know about this? Zoo, Zoo knows about this? Zoo's Zoo, in here, I think he knows it, because I just saw the, the tweet from our Twitter account. We got Zoo who's on tape and hanging out in studio. What's up, Zoo? What's up, Knicks brother? Look, How we doing? Knicks looked awful. Your Knicks looked awful tonight. It was a joke tonight. All right, so what happened with this BT stuff? Because I was just saying, like, you don't want to overreact one way or another. Mike Breen was standing on the broadcast for the players. You know, you win one game, all of a sudden everybody thinks you're going to win the NBA Finals. You lose a game, now it's, uh, we stink, we shouldn't be in the playoffs. What happened with BT on the midday show? Yeah, so um, BT's been beating the drum for a while that the Knicks are going to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, that's not how the run was on that. Yeah, uh, but today he, uh, I be- or yesterday, I guess we should say yesterday, Monday, mm-hmm. he was um, pretty, uh, pretty into the fact that they won. He thinks they're going to sweep the Cavs, or right. he thought they were going to sweep the Cavs. He said sweep. Yeah, he said I'm. 
You have the quote, Fleegs, according to the website? No audio, just the quote? Right. So, I mean, the audio is on here, but I okay. can't go back yeah, and yeah, do it right now. Yeah. So, this is the quote it says from BT on our website, on okay. WFN, the Odyssey.com site. Gotta the New right. York Knicks, once they smack these kids in Cleveland, there's an ellipse here, the dot, 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 so it mm-hmm. cut out something he said. I'm thinking sweep. What they have is two stars, incredible depth, and just a really good team that, by the way, is built for playoff success, BT said Monday. Now you start to look forward a little bit here. Giannis's back is jacked up, and they lost the first game. Tyler Hero busted his hand, so he's out no matter who wins that series. I would imagine the Bucks still find a way to win, but we will be talking about the Knicks for months on this show. They're going all the way. <sighs> all the way where? I can't wait to, to see what's in store for uh, today's show with the Midday Show. Make sure you tune in for that. I'll just catch the quotes. You guys can give me the cliff notes of it. But, I, I was, you know, I got stuff to do. But uh, how about that? Going all the way? Talk about overreacting to one game. I mean, my goodness. Now, I was as pumped up as anybody after that one game. But come on. Come the, back the to me, The Tiki response is pretty good here, according what, to these quotes. What Tiki said? <laughs> Hold on one second. How was your weekend? Because you're coming crazy this morning, man. <laughs> Says Tiki shot back. Maybe you're a little hungover now. The Knicks won one game. Good for Tiki. I like that. Hey, you know, that's what, uh, you know, makes Sports Talk Radio fun. People lose their minds a little bit. But I'm surprised. Usually BT is calculated. I'll say this, though. BT is not the only one. Like There there were a good amount of Knicks fans that started to get a little ahead of themselves and dream big. Not just because of the way the Knicks looked in game one. But once Giannis went down in that Heat-Bucks game, Knicks fans started to dream, okay, the path to the Eastern Conference Finals is clear. And then I guess once you get that far in your head, you can say the path to the NBA Finals and winning one. is. Uh, he's not the only one that made right. that jump after the one game. Yeah. Maybe Listen, the Knicks have been down for so long, Knicks fans want to dream because dreaming is all they've had for 20-plus yeah, years. That, that's fine, but you got to be realistic. You know, I have said during the season, why put a cap on what this team could do? There's a better chance they lose in the first round. Right. Then then there's a better chance they lose in the first round than there is that they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, beating the Bucs, come on now. I'm not saying it can't happen, but come on now. And they did look very good after game one, but now what are people going to be saying? They got down 30 to those Cleveland kids that they they beat up or whatever he said. They smacked. Yeah, they smacked. The Garden will be rocking for games three and games four. And we're going to see now is when you find out what this team is made of. Because after a loss, after going through some adversity, that's when you find out what they're really made of. And now we're going to see. You saw it in the Atlanta series two years ago. I know it's a different team and nobody wants to talk about that, but the Knicks had nothing after that. You know, lost game one, won game two, and that was it. Now we're going to see. And it's a good thing for them that they're dealing with the adversity coming back home or coming home now to play in front of the Garden Faithful in what should be an absolutely raucous atmosphere. Looking forward to going uh, to Game 4. I hope they're up to one. One of the reasons why I was okay with buying Game 4 was because I thought either way, it's going to be an important game after they won uh, Game 1. Either way, that's going to be a big game. Right? Worst case, you're going to be down 2-1. Well, you need Game 4. Best case, it could have been a clincher. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. So now you're looking at best case, it'll be looking to make it three games to one. But either way, that game four is going to be huge. Game three, huge. Game four going to be huge for the Knicks. A run to the finals? I mean, come on. Eastern Conference finals? Even that is outlanders. How about this? One series at a time. Maybe one game at a time. Win a playoff series first before we start going nuts 
about what the Knicks could do moving forward and how you know how many good Knicks going all the way. Oh my goodness. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Going on 2 a.m. Brian McKeon will be taking you through the overnight tonight. The overnight roulette continues. What, you got any of these shows coming up, please? Well, not during the week because you're doing this show, right? You got I, overnight? I have next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning. As you can tell, I'm training right now. So. Well, that's right, yes. So you're, you're training over there. You got the Alex uh, that you're helping out training him right now. Um, so we'll see what, uh, what's in store for Fleegs and his future. Anyway, the Mets lose five, nothing to the Dodgers. Their five game win streak comes to an end. It happens. JD Martinez got, uh, Tyler McGill early and often Clayton Kershaw, as he usually does in the regular season, shut down the Mets for seven scoreless innings, nine strikeouts. Yeah, it, it happens. A rough night. Go out there and try to take the series tomorrow. So the Mets play 3 o'clock tomorrow, and then they have a four-game series to close out the road trip in San Francisco, right? Starting on, what is today? today? Oh, well, not it's now 3 o'clock today. Right, so it is today. Three, We're so the, bad with that. I just said I'm doing next Sunday for the overnight. I'm doing this. Like, it's just dude. the mind with the overnight It's unbelievable. So I have done such a good job because when I first started filling in on the overnights, I was confused every show. But you also now, you went from overnights to having the weird shift that is in between. start in one day and end in another. Right. Which is, by the way, not as great as you would think. It's like, oh, I'm off the overnights. There are challenges in this one, too. But I trained myself so well to say today, yesterday, this morning. Like, I was in the overnight. I would, I would, once at 12 o'clock, boom, I'm into Wednesday. I was. That's how I was trained. Now, I'm all over the place. Uh, in well, my that's mind, hard to do mentally anyway. But again, now when you start I'm the shift, like when you're talking about the Mets at 11 o'clock when you first get on, oh, they're playing tonight in L.A., the, you know, the series finale tomorrow at 3, and then an hour and a half later, it's now, well, today. today at three. I mean, that's very weird. Uh, that's just not right. It's not. It would be weird if you were able to stay on top of yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. And I'll, hopefully I get used to it uh, over the next couple of weeks here. I don't want to keep screwing that up. But anyway, you're right. So the Mets play later on this afternoon, Wednesday at 3, Yankees have a night game tonight at the stadium. Then the Yankees are in the afternoon on Thursday. They play at 4 o'clock, and the, which is an odd start time in the Bronx. The Yankees will play at 4 o'clock, and the Mets will be in San Francisco, I believe, at 945. So this 10-game road trip, you know, there's, a, there's an important game now tomorrow for the Mets, the rubber game, and Max Scherzer will be on the mound. So this is one where, you know, they, they got Kershaw out of the way, and... You know, they, Tyler McGill didn't have it. Like we said, it wasn't all on him. It was the offense more didn't do anything. And now the Mets will have Max Scherzer going tomorrow for the series win. Going today for the... <laughs> I did it again. Going today for the series win. And it'll be interesting to see Scherzer coming off of, you know, getting pushed back. Having his start pushed back. He says no big deal. Well, he's out there now. Maybe it was just a little extra rest. The Mets had talked about tinkering with the sixth starter anyway. Although now... Carlos Carrasco had to be placed on the IL 
yesterday. He was placed on the IL, so we'll see what the Mets do for their rotation moving forward here. I mean, is it going to be Buto? I mean, is there any way Verlander, who's going to... I think Verlander's throwing on Sunday. Yeah, Verlander's throwing Sunday, and then I believe five days later is going to throw his bullpen. Or, uh, not a bullpen, a... Uh, the a rehab th- start is right. expected to be the end of next week, which would put him on track to return... Against the Tigers? in early, Right, the middle of that week, early May. Yeah, I think that Tuesday against the Tigers. By the way, Verlander talked about, oh, no big deal, no big deal, I'm fine, I'm fine. He's missed, he missed a month of the season. You missed a month. It is a big deal. It's amazing how, like, words... Yeah, right. It's amazing how words can just calm people. Oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's really nothing to worry about. And everybody's like, okay, fine. And then one week goes by, and you're like, hey, what's uh, what's up with Verlander? Oh, no, no, he's fine. He's good to go. He's working his way back. Oh, okay. Two weeks go by, two and a half weeks. Hey, where's, uh, what's the latest? Oh, no, he's good to go. He feels good, feels great. He's going to be throwing a little bit. And then by the time he actually throws the bullpen and everything goes okay, knock on wood, then he's got to have his rehab start. And then five days later, he may be able to make his return. You're in May. And that's if everything goes well. He missed the Met month. I he, said it to you. I didn't say it on the air before. He, he missed was, the Met month. just for you, yeah. yeah. The Met month. All right. Will it bother you if they lose to Syndergaard later? That's right. I knew there was something else I was missing about that. Is Syndergaard actually going to take well, them out? The what do we think in the next 14 hours? What are the chances that Noah Syndergaard finds a reason not to pitch against the Mets? Yeah, I think something will come up. He'll wake up with a boo-boo on his toe or his pinky or something like that, and he won't be I able to I hope he gets excited looking at what Kershaw did tonight and says, oh, I can beat that lineup, and then they torch him. Yeah, I want – now, this has been years in the making here. Syndergaard avoided the Mets last year. and remember, Multiple times. And you know, the, the stolen bases – I thought uh, maybe a caller brought it up last night with the stolen base factor where they used to steal on Syndergaard with the, with the old rules. With the new rules, Mets should be having a field day for a change. Let's see what it feels like with the shoes on the other foot. This will be a sweet one tomorrow. Scherzer and, and Syndergaard. Mets take two out of three from the Dodgers. Keep it moving. Start this road trip at five and one. That's what they need. And then you split. You split two in San Francisco. You're good to go. A nice seven and three. Like we said, 877-337-6666. Jimmy is in Jersey City. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, man, Sal. What's up, Jimmy? I'm getting tired of this Clark Schmidt style. I've been telling you and Keith for a while, this guy is not a major league pitcher. He keeps going out there taking a loss after loss. He's not a major league pitcher style. Yeah, well, they certainly not yet. No, they don't have anybody better right now. I mean, they're, they're down a few guys in that starting rotation, mainly right now Carlos Rodon and Luis Severino. Yeah, but they got a couple guys down the mines. They could either bring up Gil, the other kid, uh, the other. Heel, Heel, the other kid who pitched last year, the young guy. Oh, they might have to. You talking about Davey Garcia or Luis Heel? Yeah, Demi Garcia. Yeah, I mean they they may have to soon because you can't keep running them out there. No, it's just well, I mean, it gets aggravating. It's like running out Hicks and Joey Gallo, same same type of plays. You just don't you just don't have it. Jimmy, your Yankees today, their lineup. I mean, that is... I know. That was a AAA lineup. Well, for the Yankees, it's just not... And I get it. Like, they're dealing with injuries all over the place, but Donaldson is always hurt. Stanton is always hurt. Bader is always hurt. Rodon is always hurt. Look at the Yankee lineup that they fielded today. I mean, that is not the Yankees. LeMayu, <laughs> your guy LeMayu batting fifth because they have nobody else really to do so. Peraza gets his call up. He's hitting sixth. IKF. 
Higashioka and Aaron Hicks. Oh, my God. That is a brutal uh, lineup. And the guy who got four home runs where he sits to the bench, the guy, Frenchie Cordero, like, come on, man. What's going on here? Bone. Yeah. That is true. Out there. Yeah, that hey, is true. They, they could have had uh, Frenchie's bat in there for at least some pop. Hey, I got good to you, Rangers. Came out good tonight. Game one. Yeah, you a Devils fan? Yeah, I'm a Devils I mean, I'm not crazy like I am with my other sports, but right. I'm a Devils fan. Nah, that's a shame. But when I, yeah, you know, I woke up from my get ready for work tonight, put my phone phone on, saw two nothing. I said that's a loss. Well, I mean, you <laughs> gave up way too early, Jimmy. Come no, on, of course I did. When I when I seen that, I just knew they had the heart taken out of them at that early going. That, that is goal correct. Ten, that goal, that goaltender, he's not as strong as your goaltender. No, they no, get, they no. need to they need to fix that next year somehow. Well, that I'm is a- that is something. And you look at the Islanders and Rangers, both have. And thank you for the call, Jimmy. Islanders and Rangers both have superior goaltending to the Devils. But, I mean, the Devils have great skill. They're very fast. They're going to be a good team. They, they are a good team. Not going to be. They are a good team. And they're dangerous. Not going to be an easy out. Maybe you get the Devils dominating game two. Who knows? But the Rangers are on another level. The Rangers are on another level. They are loaded, and they're playing like they're on another level. At least for game one, they did. Now they need to capitalize on this momentum. Devil's got to get on the board in game two. Otherwise, it could be bye-bye in a hurry. Coming into the buzzsaw. Running into the buzzsaw that has become the New York Rangers. And I think early on in that game, you're right. If the Devils don't score early and put the Rangers back on their heels a bit and keep the momentum, crowd in them and all that stuff, if the Devils don't do that, it's going to be a problem. And they didn't. Rangers took the momentum with the first goal. Then the second goal, and that was basically it. Dominating performance from the puck drop. Jim is calling from Morris Plains. What's up, Jim? Sally, baby. Good morning. Good good night. I don't even know what time it is right now, but uh, who knows? You guys got me all confused talking about what day it is. Uh, Well, what day do you think it is? I don't even know, the 18th or the 17th? No, forget the date. Who knows the date? The day. Like, is you, in your world, is it still Tuesday? Yeah, I guess it's still Tuesday. Right. In reality, it's, it's Wednesday Tuesday. morning, but I know, like, in your world, it's still Tuesday. I get it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, what a game, Sal. What a game. Like, you couldn't have drawn it up any better from, from pump drop to the end of the game. I mean, the one goal on the breakaway, what are you going to do? We were up 4 nothing at the time, but... What a game by the – I mean, it was tough going back and forth between that. Luckily, I had the two screens going. I mean, the Knicks, what a, that was an embarrassment. What is going on with uh, Quickly? Yeah, Quickly has been terrible. Easy. It's easy to pick easy. on R.J. Barrett, but you're right, Jim. Quickly has been a problem for the Knicks as well. Not, not he's like, He was, like, afraid to shoot these past two games. Like, what is – like – what is going on with him? Well, like, he's making terrible like, decisions like, with the ball, bad passes. They can't have that from him. The Knicks need either quickly Grimes or R.J. Barrett to have big-time performances along with Brunson and Randall if they want to have a shot to win this series. I know. It was a very uncharacteristic game, all, all game with the turnovers. Like, they've been good all season not turning the ball over. Um, and tonight was just pathetic. Every time down the court, it was a turnover. It was just, it was bad tonight. Everybody played bad. Yeah. You know, besides maybe Brunson, it was just yeah. The only good but thing is that you one. could you could focus on the Rangers then. Once once you knew the Knicks were done, basically at halftime, it was just more focused on the Rangers. Yeah, I know that was great. That was unbelievable. I hope 
I hope we come out with that same energy on uh, Thursday night, you know. If we take both at the at the Rock, I think that's going to bode well for us. Hopefully the Islander uh, series goes long and we can rest up a little bit and just, you know, ride this momentum. Because we want the cup, baby! We, we want, want the, the cup. cup! That's right, Jim! We what? want the cup! Let's go, Rangers! Oh, man, that was a... I was fired up for that one last night. Game one in New Jersey, the dominant performance like that. By the way, you mentioned the Islanders. They're going to try to get their win or their first one of this series. Is They're uh, back in action tonight in Carolina for game two. Let's see. The, I'm rooting for the Islanders. I want to see. you care about uh, hockey, Morgan? I know we talked about this. You're a Ranger fan. Do you yeah. carry the way, though? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I, I could see that you're rooting for the Islanders. That, that I'm well aware of. Oh, yes. I want the Islanders. That would be such a, first of all, I think it would be, I just don't like Carol. I'm tired of Carolina. <laughs> They're nasty. I know where you're getting at, but we're over that. Mm. I want mm. the Islanders there. And by the way, every Ranger fan should be rooting for the Islanders. I don't think anybody wants to see Carolina. They played Carolina well, though. Yeah. They Devils have. play them on the regular season. No, I know they beat them in the postseason last year, too. I don't. I just, I'm over the Carolina. I hate everything about Carolina. I hate the well, team. I, I hate got, the city. And you got a, how many the former jerseys. Rangers on the. On, yeah, right. I mean,. The jer- they're just not, there's no tradition. Like, if it were the Whalers, it'd be a different story. Carolina, I hate their emblem. I hate their colors, the logo, all of it. Like, I just don't like any of it. I don't like their players. <laughs> it was such a sweet win last year beating them in that second round. But I don't want to do it again. Plus, I feel like they're due. I'm a big law of averages guy. Like, we beat them no, last year. I, I get it. I get that part of it. And they're good. That's the other part of it, too. Like, as much as the Rangers have had their number over the last few years, Carolina's good. How great would it be? And look, the Islanders can't. What's Sorokin? Sorokin, I mean, that's the key. That's that's the whole thing. The Islanders give you a chance simply because they have great goaltending. They got to score on the power play, though. Uh, that's what the Islanders need to do. Did something happened here with the mic, or was that my headset? Uh, no, I thought it was mine. Something yeah. popped in my ear. Yeah, yeah what was, is going on? All right, great. So it's the whole studio? That was weird. I don't Super. know. I started hearing weird uh, weird things there, and we were looking at each other. I was like, what the hell was that? I, seriously, I thought it was just mine. It was my left oh. ear. I was like, whoa. That yeah. felt like uh, almost like we had a power surge. Yeah, right. Maybe we did. Uh-oh. Oh, electrical shock. Great. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.